Welcome to the Pickle of Filoni File. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hello. And today, Nate picked a topic, and he picked uh, the Beatles. Um, so, Nate, you want to take it away as to what your thoughts are? I know it's a pretty narrow subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, um, so i got to okay. tell you guys, um, yeah. we have one hater. Really? Oh. Yeah, we have a guy that just can't wait to tell me every week how much he hates it. Really? And I'm like, That's awesome. I'm like, so don't listen to it if you don't like it. Yeah, haters like, gonna I hate. Just, I hate listen. So haters are gonna <laughs> haters are gonna hate. They are. <laughs> well, shout out, shout out to the haters out yeah. there. Yeah, we did. We got a review um, on Anchor just recently, and I thought it's funny. All the guys said was. Piccolo Baloney File, hilarious. Oh, I'll take it. That was it. I'll take it. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Have you ever heard that backwards before? No. Yeah, it says, turn me on, dead mon. Turn me on, dead mon. Okay. I've heard that before. I didn't know that's... I didn't make a connection. Yeah. It's weird how... From Donovan. <laughs> Sounds like something Donovan would say. Matt, remember when we were standing in line waiting for Donovan? The one guy that was there was this old hippie guy. Oh, and we were talking about how we were waiting. And one of Donovan's songs is Catch the Wind. And he's like, yeah. I've been waiting for 40 years to catch the wind. <laughs> catch the wind. <laughs> That's right. Hey, good luck with that, buddy. How how many people were, were at a Donovan show? It was oh there was God. a lot of people there ultimately that it wasn't packed, I wouldn't say, but it was it was a lot of people. I mean it wasn't it was surprising uh, for Donovan. Yeah. Uh, it, he's got a lot of good songs. I actually do like I actually listen to him sometimes. Oh no, he does. Uh is Season yeah. of the Witch. Is that a Donovan song? Yeah. That's a yeah. good song. That is a song when that came on, all the weirdos came forward and started <laughs> like dancing and like you know, like drum circle type dancing. And then once it was over, they all went back and sat down. Like it was like yeah. it was very I, orderly. I call that smelly people dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I made you a mixtape mat of the Beatles, I think, when you went to college. Um that's right. I did have that mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> I put a ton of work into that because I put like little snippets of interviews in between songs. And yes, I was like, I'm right. going to combine all my Beatles knowledge and information into this tape. <laughs> you know, that is something a whole generation is going to miss is the mixtape. The mixtape was such a glorious thing. It was. Yeah. Like we drove me and my buddy Tim drove from Iowa to Oregon and we listened to a mixtape from this crazy girl that was kind of stalking him <laughs> and it was all songs like oh he no he broke up with her and then she was like wouldn't leave him alone and all the songs were like free bird and never gonna le- let you go and they're total stalker songs but it was a great tape so we oh. kept listening to it yeah so at least there was a common thread yeah yeah it was good oh, free bird yeah no but, so you liked the you liked the free bird on there i like free bird yeah i like skinner's <laughs> Keep it. We went down. I remember when we went down uh, to Leonard Skinner concert just to sit outside the door to watch people come out. That was such. I remember the first guy out kicked open the door with his foot. He was. (laughs) I think he was barefoot. I know he didn't have a shirt on. I believe all he was wearing was American flag spandex pants. (laughs) He came storming out. 
like yeah free bird i just remember i remember the show begin a lot of bandanas like if you were a bandana salesman you would freaking clean up oh yeah for sure man in your daily life you just don't see bandanas no man in there it's like everybody's got two and they don't even need them they just they want bandanas it's like how when we go to like family reunions you're like where who where are these people they come out of the woodwork you know like I don't see these. Yeah. I don't see these types of people in normal life. And then it's the same thing with the Skinner concert. It's like, where did all these people come from that are like this? Yes, yeah. I think about. Do you guys have? Do you guys have pizza ranches? In no. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-uh. It's where all the people you see at Walmart when you're like, where do these people live? I yeah. know where they eat now. They. Eat pizza <laughs> I don't know where they live. <laughs> yes, but they eat at pizza ranch. <laughs> <laughs> See, Have I picked you? Beatles because of our shared love for the Beatles. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure about Matt for sure. I knew maybe he liked them. I didn't yeah. know if he loved them. But just how I would probably still be listening to rap music if it wasn't for the Beatles. Yeah. Like, love for the Beatles because that's kind of the bridge that took me into rock music. You know, that was my first rock love was the Beatles. Right. So that's what got me interested in that kind of music. I mean, and then, yeah. what was your attraction at? You know what I think it was? We couldn't listen to non-Christian music except for oldies. And I remember that early Beatles was acceptable, but later Beatles was very suspect, you know? Where, where's the cutoff? <laughs> Probably Rubber Soul was the cutoff. Rubber Soul, yeah. Still, it was around. And so I remember, like, Dad had a 45. I remember listening to Revolution and thinking how awesome it was, you know, and I think I, th- I was thinking about this a lot. Like, why did I like the Beatles so much? And they're very uh, genuine and authentic, like in their interviews, they come across as really interesting people, you know, even you always hear that. That's yeah. the common thread you hear about when you watch these documentaries on the Beatles is yeah. they're just so like they have gravitas, like they're so funny and interesting and just you know, they have that aura about them. You can see it on the, when they first arrived in New York, you know? Yeah. And that was, there was a difference that they did that before them entertainers were sort of subservient to like the interviewers and they were well-behaved when the Beatles came, they were just irreverent. They were just themselves. They didn't fake a persona necessarily. They were just kind of uh, themselves and it was really fun. I think that's that genuine authenticity when you when you come from the 50s or when everything's canned and sort of as it should be and prepared and then you have and then you actually see someone that's authentic it's really attractive i like how they've changed I, throughout the years to adjust to you know changes in their own lives just to like you said to keep it authentic right um, yeah you see the progression and they were ahead of their time at every step it seemed like Maybe in the last 10 years, people have talked a lot about, like, what made them so successful. You know, have you guys heard Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000-hour theory? Yep, about how to become an expert at something, yeah. Yeah, he gave, it was called Outliers, so he picked all these people that were, like, extremely successful. And one of them was the Beatles, and he said that, you know, they did, in Hamburg, Germany, they performed, on you know, practiced on stage for, like, 10,000 hours, and that was just theory as to why they were so exceptional for the time. I've heard other people talk about that and go, you know what, it was that, but it was also, they were the first band of that era or that time period to start to write their own songs. And 
again, it's the it's the authenticity and the even the arrogance and even the des- the sort of the hunger that they had to do their own thing. And that was really attractive at that. And a lot of it's luck, like the time that they came in. You'll hear a lot like JFK had, you know, just died in November. They came in February. February 11th, I think, was in 64, was their first American concert in Washington, D.C., I think. Yep, I think so. I mean, they yeah. caught big breaks just by right place, right time, you know, yeah. like Brian Epstein. And George Martin. And then I think, yeah, without George Martin, I don't think the Beatles are the same band. I really don't. No, and the thing that George Martin wasn't really keen on them to start, but he did hear a song by them that is largely forgotten. I can't even remember the name of it, but... Was it My Bonnie? They covered My Bonnie. <laughs> they did, yeah. Yeah. No, this this was a song that they had actually written, and okay. Paul had written, and it impressed him that, oh, these guys can write, and so that caught his attention, and without that song, they may not have, you know, he George Martin wouldn't have taken them on, maybe, so. Yeah, is this George R.R. R. Martin? Is it the same <laughs> George Martin that's... Man, he's a busy guy. George R. R. Martin looks so cartoonish. He looks like a New Yorker pencil drawing. You just described it pretty much perfectly. Yeah, exactly. He looks he looks like the word pretentious. <laughs> yeah. He's always wearing a sailor's hat or some kind yes, of Yes, he is. And an ascot. He's got not always, but I've seen him with an ascot. And I'm like, you you got to be kind of next level pretentious to do the ascot thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a Christopher Walken type move. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot of guys trying to pull up the other hat down here, but uh, don't see too many ascots. You know? <laughs> no. Is there a certain age where that becomes acceptable down there though, Matt? Like, is it 70 or? Yeah, I'd say probably like 77 after your age 77. Okay. 77. Right. I think it comes with a gold pinky ring. <laughs> Another thing about the Beatles I was thinking of is I remember we I got Sgt. Pepper's on CD and yep. Matt, we were we were taking a trip with mom down to uh, Arkansas to see our Uncle George. Oh, and yeah, so mom had this little hatchback. I was sleeping and laying down in the back and I was like, okay. I remember thinking this in my head, like this is considered the greatest album of all time. I'm going to listen to this and pay attention to everything and listen to it all the way through a couple times and just pay attention to it as much as possible. And I really appreciated it doing that. But I wonder if, you know, it's almost like, um, like when you go see a movie after it's cleaned up at the Academy Awards, you're supposed to think that it's good. Yeah. You're predisposed. So you're in your mind, you're already like, I'm going to like this because it's supposed to be the best. Right. And everyone says this is the best. So I should pay attention to this and appreciate it. I wonder how much. (laughs) Is that any good? I don't know, but uh, I thought it was for tomato. Is it Roma tomatoes? I've paused on it a lot on Netflix and almost clicked and then moved as soon as it starts playing or whatever. Uh I don't even know what Matt's talking about. What is it? Oh, it's a foreign film that's been nominated for a lot of Academy Awards this year. It was made by Netflix, right? Yeah, made by Netflix. Uh huh. So it's Roma, like Tony Roma's Steakhouse. Type thing? <laughs> yes, but it's, it would be cooler if it was about Tony Roma. I think <laughs> it'd be a lot cooler if you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see Bird Box? I did. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's I, good. I liked it. Um, yeah. I like horror movies. I like suspense type movies. Um, but yeah, it was see, good. I don't really. Do you guys remember when I was in high school? I went on a date and I watched. I took 
the girl to see the first Jurassic Park, and I watched the movie through my fingers because I was so scared. <laughs> the whole movie, I was scared. What did they think? Uh, there wasn't a second date. <laughs> That's what she thought. Jenny has the story of this guy she went on a blind date with, and as they're walking out, he kept whining, like, authentically that they're in a bad neighborhood, and he's, he's afraid he's going to get raped. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, yeah. do you have any? You know, you said I know you said you're more John Lennon, but is there any Beatles songs or albums you I'd like? I'd say probably, probably the White Album. Um, yeah. Just because you know it's that final transition, and to me, it just sounded non-experimental, but just real authentic, like I was saying before. They talk about the White Album. They say you know, John Lennon said that could have been that wasn't the Beatles. It was everyone doing their own thing, and then yep. a bunch of those combined. But I do. I love the White Album. It was it was made during the time. A lot of it during the time when they were in India with the Maharishi. There's one that's not even that popular, but it's called Long, Long, Long. Yep. And it's just really smooth. And I, I don't know. It's I love the White Album. On the White Album, Matt, are there any songs that are your favorites? Or you, just uh, kind of like, you know, you know, probably the most, probably the most popular, like Hey Jude and yep. uh, Penny yeah. Lane. I don't know. It's uh, Day in the Life. Is Day in the Life on that album too? Actually, none of those three you just said are on that album. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Maybe I don't like the White Album. Maybe <laughs> it's a different one. <laughs> uh, no, so it's they... Let It Be. Let It Be. That's what I meant. Let oh, be. Let It Be. Okay, so yeah, Let It Be is great. Um, did you ever get Let It Be naked? No, I did not. <laughs> because when Let It Be came out, it wasn't the last album they did, but it was the last album to come out. They had this failed documentary they were going to do of just them making an album. And so it had a bunch of recording of them in the studio and they started sort of fighting. You can actually see just snippets of it. They've never, I don't think ever released the full documentary. Have you ever seen it, Nate? No. What's it called? Let it be. Oh yeah. That's an <laughs> so there is snippets of it where you can see George and Paul sort of going at each other a little bit. It's kind of not direct, but indirect. And then they basically walked away from the whole thing. And, really? Yeah. And they said, and then when they came together again, they were like, let's do this one more time. Let's make a great album. That's when they made Abbey road. Abbey road then came out. And then afterwards they released, let it be. Uh, the songs on Let It Be, even though they were recorded before, and uh, what was his name? The the producer, oh, the Yoko. <laughs> no, the wall of George... the wall of sound guy. The um... the crazy hair murderer. Yeah, oh, uh, I can't Phil believe. Spector. Yeah, so Phil he Spector. Phil Spector took the Let It Be songs and did his Phil Spector thing onto it, and some of them sound so. So he he murdered a lady and <laughs> and threw her in the background. <laughs> He never got convicted for that, did he? Or did he? I, I think he had I'm insanity. Sure he did. Insanity. Yeah. yeah, he did. No, Matt's right. He did. Hospital yep. somewhere. Yeah, they were. I remember the thing I remember about that murder is they were, he was trying to say it was suicide because she shot herself through the mouth or something, but they she had a closed mouth because her teeth were shot through. So no one does that when they commit suicide. But that's just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for what you know. Yeah, for what I know, yeah. I just want to know if he had that hairstyle before he pleaded insanity or <laughs> after. Definitely going to help the case. Yeah, it's going to help his case. His lawyer so, was like, no, no, don't fix your hair. Come like that. Come like that. Yep, you're yeah. perfect, babe. 
when you were talking about George and Paul kind of fighting on that on uh, Let It Be, yeah, I guess I'd heard through the years that they were friends, but Paul is like a year or maybe a little over a year older than George, yeah, and I guess Paul always treated George kind of like a little brother type thing. Right. And I guess George never really took too well to that. I can see that. Yeah. They were, I think they were a great, Paul was a great ahead. Yeah. Even though they're kind of the same age when Paul introduced, so John was 17. He had the quarrymen. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he met Paul. Paul was 15. Um, but so he saw something in Paul that was like, you know, he thought, okay, this guy's going to go places kind of a thing. Paul introduced John to George, who was even younger, who was 14. And John was like, no way, he's too young. And then they heard George play, and he was actually good for that, you know, for that time, but just the players that were out there. But Paul Pete always, Best Pete Best, time? he was brought on a, just a little bit later because they needed a drummer. I don't think they were ever close to him. No, um, it sounds <clears> like he was just kind of moody and just generally kind of an ass, and they didn't. Yeah, he was never really too much. I think I guess it was hard to find. They said it was really hard to find drummers in those days because it was really expensive to get a drum set. Yeah, yeah. So not many people. You know, you could find maybe guitar players, but you could not find that many drummers. So right. And Ringo was in a popular band. I think called Rory and the Hurricanes. He was a uh, a drummer. They knew about him. They had met him a lot, you know, small circles. And so they were super excited to have Ringo. How they got rid of Pete Best was, I think they told Brian Epstein to fire him or something behind yeah. They did it kind of, what's the word? I guess passive aggressively, I think. They they said, hey, look over there. Is that Bigfoot? <laughs> and then they quickly <laughs> ran away. Yeah. But he just wasn't really fit. I mean, imagine being Pete Best in 1964, though. Oh, oh man! Yeah. How did he not commit suicide? <laughs> that guy. Maybe he did, but know. he had his teeth closed. So they well, he got. Is it is it Paul P. Best and Paul got deported for something in Hamburg? Is that right? So yeah, they let a condom on fire. They would yeah. say a condom on fire <laughs> and on the wall. They nailed it to a wall and lit it on fire, and that got him kicked out. Um, George was kicked out because they found out he was too young. He wasn't 18, I don't think. Hamburg is interesting. There's lots of great, uh, even movies on that. I remember Backbeat. There's tons of documentaries, too, obviously. And you can always tell if a documentary isn't that good, if they don't have actual Beatles music. They have fake Beatles music in the background. Like Like, monkeys? Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) the Beatles, it's just the monkey songs. (laughs) <laughs> or a kids bop kids bop version. well it's like fake it sounds almost like the beatles like it sounds like it's going to be a song and then it then it goes a different direction you're like oh they're just trying to get as close as they can to beatles songs yeah, without permission I know what you mean. you're like oh it's herman's hermits <laughs> yeah yeah they perform every year at bush gardens somehow Herman's Hermits? Yep. Yeah, that used to be one of uh, the most dad used to get autographs from Herman's Hermits. Like you get like a couple every every summer. Because they're <laughs> always at all the state fairs. Yeah. You need those extra copies. That's what I say. <laughs> Back of Herman Hermits. Yeah. You, you need two Abraham Lincoln hairs. You need a couple from Paul Revere and the Raiders. Yeah. I know he's got a he's got a Pete Best autograph. I know that. Oh, that's that right. Actually, yeah. that's cool. I like that. Yeah, it, it was a picture of him with the Beatles at the cavern, and yeah, it looked pretty cool. Wow. Oh, um, on that subject, uh, I bet you I could get a job 
PSA grading Geraldo autographs at this point. <laughs> I've been on eBay so much. No, here's the funny part. There are fake Geraldo autograph memorabilia on eBay. Really? I can. No, I'm telling you, I've looked at his autograph so many times now. He almost always writes best wishes, Geraldo Rivera. And he right. writes in a very particular way. Like you can tell his signature. Nate, how, what's on the Geraldo watch? What's the word what? on the Geraldo watch? I gave him a week off just because I think he feels <laughs> like I'm kind of circling over him. So yeah. I'm just going to give him some time to come up for air. And then, what? Oh, Matt or uh, Aaron, what was your uh, big Geraldo John Lennon connection? Oh, that was oh, Matt. Yeah. Oh, Matt, Did you yeah. know that they were neighbors and best friends when, uh, when uh, they lived in New York? Really? What? Yeah, I I couldn't believe it, but yeah, they were best friends. And Geraldo said he was like eight blocks away when when Lennon got shot. Um, really? Did they live in that same? Like a, was it the Dakota Building or? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, they were. Yeah, but they became friends um, after I guess Rivera did some piece on um, some home that was uh, abusing uh, mentally ill people or mentally uh, handicapped people, mm-hmm. and uh, Lennon saw it and became a fan, and they became friends. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Can't get away from him. This can, is, man. Whatever topic you guys pick for next week, he's going to tie in. Oh, I know. He is. It doesn't <laughs> matter what it is. We're I love uh, – Find one that – there's no way that Geraldo could be part of. Yeah. He'd probably be part of it. Did you see the name of his uh, autobiography? It's no. so great. It's called Exposing Myself. Yes. <laughs> it's it's $3 on eBay. <laughs> and, and there's one with a fake autograph for $15 if you want it. Oh, man. I guess there's a lot of bits in there that are pretty, like, risque about him and women. He talks a lot about that, apparently. So He's, he's, he's got man. that look. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You I, know that the... I, I read that he has a weekly uh, – he has a weekday uh, radio show. Oh, yeah, what if we were able to really? call in? Yeah, we got to go to him. On that. Yeah. Matt, I, I need more details on that. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'll text you the, the call list. Uh, on the news this morning, I saw that it said uh, a, a Fox contributor was hurt in an accident, and oh, I God. literally panicked because I thought it was Geraldo. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, rushed. I rushed to go grab my phone to look it up. I'm like, no. Geraldo yeah, seems like a guy, and maybe this ties into the, the uh, fake autograph market. He's a guy that would be really popular in some obscure country. Like a country where the team that doesn't win the World Series and they already have the shirts printed. Yes. Those shirts go to that country. So like like Costa Rica or yeah. Guatemala. Yeah. Like I bet he's huge in Guatemala. Like there's a statue to him somewhere. The third world has like a completely different history of winning sports teams in America. <laughs> they do. It's like those alternate history people. The Bills, won, the Bills won the Super Bowl four straight years. <laughs> yeah. Scott, Nor- Scott Norwood's the greatest football player. Yeah. Ever. Utah Jazz dominated the 90s. <laughs> Aaron, I just remember when I think about the Beatles, yeah. I think about sitting in your room and listening to records yeah. and just kind of thinking about music and talking about music. Yeah. So I know you probably know a thousand times more about the Beatles. What are your favorite albums, favorite songs? Yeah, so I like, I, I used to have a theory, I, I kind of, I remember like thinking about it a lot, like the true Beatles fans and the phases they go through on their albums that they like. You start off, you know about the Beatles, you know about like Beatlemania and Twist and Shout and that, 
you like you do what I did. You jump to the famous like Sergeant Pepper's. Then you probably learn maybe go to the White Album. Ultimately, I think though, and this is ultimately, I ended up with Help as my favorite. Wow. And, okay. Yeah, and Jay was also in the Beatles a lot too. And so you, I think you ultimately you you listen through all those. You love Abbey Road. You end up on Let It Be for a long time. Yeah. Um, it's very raw and it's very John Lennon, early John Lennon. It's like the, like the impetus of the Beatles was early rock and roll. And I think they get back to that and let it be, especially let it be naked, which is all of the songs as they were intended to be without Phil Spector's intervention, all this extra musical crap that's on it. I and thought you were going to say let it be naked was like when they do let it be, but they do it naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see the video yeah, of that one. Yeah. That could be a whole I've seen the cover with John and Yoko. So. Of albums. Yeah. I bought that album. The, the one, um, oh, what's it called? It was John and Yoko where they're naked on the cover. And it's an hour of background noise. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's like it is. I loved John Lennon. I couldn't get through it. <laughs> but uh, this is a surprise at the end, Aaron. This is a surprise at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says uh, "dead man." <laughs> <laughs> Paul was dead. Paul Here's is the details. Dead. Yeah, but ultimately, I ended up with health. I just, I just, I really love. To me, what it is is. It's the full. It's them at their full capabilities as as the early Beatles. It's before, right before Rubber Soul. The songs are simple and pure. What's some top tracks on Help? Well, I guess you? well, the most famous one is Yesterday. That's on Help. Oh, yeah. But even like, there's uh, one called You Got You Got to Hide Your Love Away. Yep. Which mm-hmm. was a start of like Bob Dylan's influence on John Lennon. It's a little more folksy. There's Ticket to Rides on it, which is fine. My favorite Beatles song is actually on it, which is I've Just Seen a Face. It's, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just a simple pop song, and I just love the hook of it. I just, it just, it just is really happy and really fun. It just, to me, it just kind of, I don't know. It's just an easy album. Once you put it in, you can listen to the whole thing straight through. It feels good. So yeah, it helps my favorite, actually. It's the one I listen to the most. That's yeah. what I really love about the Beatles. They have songs that are just, completely stripped down and simple and beautiful like yeah one for me would be blackbird yeah i love blackbird just, just beautiful it's so simple yeah it's just timeless it always sounds great yeah. and then there's songs like golden slumbers medley, medley yeah. which is just like a complete it's just complete madness and there's so much going on but it's beautiful too that's what i love it's the same band but they do both those songs and in that medley my favorite part is when it breaks to she came in through the bathroom window yep it's just so there that album and even beatles in general once you hit rubber soul it's like you talked about being in my room listening to records it was meant to play a whole side of an album and lay there on the couch and listen to it and that that's an enjoyable experience that we probably don't have as much today because of the way music is sold. I was going to bring that up at some point because I think you nailed it. Back then, it was a big thing was like, you know, they call it like AOR or whatever, but it's it's album oriented. I mean, you're meant to listen to the whole thing. You're right. meant to pull the album out of the jacket and play the whole album and flip it over and listen to the other side. In the order now that it's intended. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and now it's just uh, Ariana Grande comes out with a single, and it goes to number one and sells seven million copies, and that's yeah. music now. 
I yeah, I, I that's why I like I love records. I love playing the whole side. I love the inconvenience of having to get up and move the needle or flip the record if you want to change it, and so you don't, and so you end up listening to yes. it just because you're lazy and you don't want to change it. I end up yeah. just listening. I end up just sitting in silence because I'm so lazy. I don't want to get up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah. Aaron, Aaron, do you remember when you in, you installed the eight track player into that international <laughs> scout? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I'm not the best installer. I pulled out the stereo and I put in an eight track player. I'd found at Goodwill because I said, "Oh no, this is awesome! Eight track player for a car," and uh, and it was short out and shocked me every time I tried to touch it. But uh, I remember I had a uh, band on the run. It was a big one. Uh-huh. You had a Ted Nugent. Yeah. One of the Ted I loved having eight tracks. I thought it was the coolest thing. I thought I felt damn cool riding in that thing with an eight track. So. <laughs> Nate, do you remember when, when I came back from Iowa and I had the, my little, you probably don't remember. It's a little blue Nissan truck, no door handles on either door outside or inside. Okay. But it had a vice. Did you grip. weld them shut? <laughs> no, they're all I broken. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh the inside door handle was a wire with a with a vice grip on the wire. And if you okay. let if you let go of that vice grip, the wire would drop into the door and you'd be totally screwed. <laughs> but I just I was thinking about this the other day. We were going through a drive through and you opened up my glove compartment and you pulled out the rear view mirror <laughs> that had broken yes. off and I'd thrown it in there and you were like, Of course, of course. You might need that someday. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, do you know you don't have a rearview mirror? Sure, I do. It's right here. It's <laughs> The only re- one reason I wanted to bring up Rush is because I, I wanted to bring up us listening to Rush in your dad's gym at the at Sadler Powertrain. And at your work. So- <laughs> Yeah, we would go up there and we would basically take our shirts off and flex <laughs> for an hour. And then when the workers would come up, we would cower in the corners because we were afraid of the workers. So they had this locker room with all this kind of weight equipment. It wasn't a very big room, but they had wall-to-wall mirrors in it. And we'd just stand there and kind of flex, <laughs> lift, like do one bench press and then flex for a while. Matt was the only one that actually like was lifting. And then we'd play Rush. And then as they... All these blue collar guys would come in, and we'd all naturally, without talking, gravitate towards the corner. Well, we are four scrawny teenage boys with no shirts on. So, <laughs> so embarrassing. Uh, like, oh, what are you guys doing? Uh. I mean, I don't even know what I'd be listening to. God, I might be listening to country right now if it wasn't for the Beatles. Yeah. Nate, what's the last three songs that you've listened to? What artists do you listen to now? I would say probably all Ryan Adams, not Brian Adams. Okay. Aware of who that is? I'm only aware because you post about him on your Facebook feed, and I always think, wow, Nate's really into Brian Adams. <laughs> I do. He cuts like a knife, but he feels so right. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I just really got into the kind of that alt country, like Wilco. Do you guys know Wilco? Yeah. 
Wil- I've seen Wilco a couple times. I've not seen Ryan Adams. I plan on seeing him this year. Um, just that kind of genre. Lord Huron. Lord Huron's a little smaller. Maybe you haven't heard of him. No, like uh, Alabama Shakes. Is that another kind of band? A- Alabama Shakes. Yep. Um, they've been on Austin City Limits a few times. Yeah. A lot of those bands on Austin C- City Limits are ones I like, like The War on Drugs. Huh. You guys know them? No. Is Nancy, no. Nancy Reagan in them? Yes. Yes. For <laughs> Corpse. They just do a weekend at Bernie's with her up there. <laughs> pretty gross at this phase but (laughs) so i can tell you guys my favorite album and it's never really even been close is always just been abbey road yeah like i'm i like the white album and just like the way matt put it like just the songs are just song after song they're just simple and awesome Mm -hmm. there's a few weird ones like rocky raccoon i always liked rocky raccoon Mm -hmm. or um why don't we do it in the road? Is that on the white album? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but Abbey road just is like so grand and it's like, they're putting everything into it. Like they're using strings and all kinds of weird instruments. Yeah. And, you know, they're not, I love because you're not going to hear the golden slumbers medley on the radio. It's right. a bunch of like minute, two minute songs spliced together. Right. You know? Right. That's when I respect an artist is when they're like, we're going to make what we want to make. And I just love, I love every song on that album. When you listen to it's, I want you, she's so heavy. Yes. And it goes on and on and to the point where you're like, I can't take this anymore. And then it breaks into here comes the sun. This is a perfect pairing of those two. I think you could make an argument that she's so heavy first, like heavy metal type songs. Oh yeah. If you, if you really think about like that last minute or two, yeah, it gets, pretty heavy yeah you know yeah it, she's so heavy aaron i thought you would go for rubber soul for some reason yeah. i always thought you were a huge rubber soul fan yeah um i like you know norwegian woods on rubber soul um yeah let's see what else is that? in my life's on rubber soul uh the michelle one of the one of the big lines they always talk about in on rubber soul that changed was the if you talk about like in 1964 it was i want to hold your hand was the was their biggest song and mm-hmm. rubber soul came out in 65 one year later a year and a half later and in michelle there's a line that says if you told her when she was young pain would lead to pleasure that's like such a dramatic shift in a year mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. lyrical writing Absolutely. you know what i mean yeah and it, or that a man would break his back to earn his daily or for his daily leisure anyway it's such mm-hmm. a shift and and such a great increase in writing style and ability that no one else was doing at the time. They did a lot of things that no one else was doing, and then everybody sort of followed. With the Beatles, you see all these girls chasing them, like in the early Beatlemania stuff, and I always want to grab one of them and sit them down and be like, okay, (laughs) give me a PowerPoint presentation on (laughs) what is your plan if you catch them? Like what? I, I get that you chase them. What is your plan, point by point? If you catch them, what what is this? I don't understand that. No, you're right because if you look at these videos, they are hysterical. Yeah, it's it it was Beatlemania. There, it's mostly women, but they're just going berserk. They're crying and screaming. Yeah, and it's like they had the vapors or something. Yeah, I think they might, Matt. Well, I was. Uh, we need to ask them. A lot of but... uh, like an unknown fact about the Beatles. If you googled like the that on the they all they always list that a lot of Beatles shows smelled like urine because so many girls peed their pants at the shows. Like if you walk oh. down the aisles, it's like a heavy stench of urine. 
<laughs> I think that's just how Shea Stadium smells all the time. <laughs> yeah. so I don't think they could distinguish. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the Beatles cover band? No. Oh, oh yeah. Dude. Yeah, I've seen a few of them. Beatlemania is one. If you squint your eyes, <laughs> like almost closed, it looks like the Beatles. Other than that, it looks like it looks like the Beatles with like a touch of Down syndrome, kind of <laughs> like they're a little <laughs> off. <laughs> like something awful happened to the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple years ago, uh, when I was on a Disney cruise, we stopped on an island, and there's a guy just playing guitar. He had an amp, and this guy was freaking awesome. And just a guy by himself, like on a street corner. Yeah. And he played like a Grateful Dead song and did a good job. And then he played Day Tripper. Yeah. And I mean, it like gave me the chills. He played it so well. Huh. And I just, you know, I only gave him a dollar. I wish I had more than that because it was worth more than a dollar. But I just had to tell him, I'm like, that was awesome. Yeah. But I saw a girl playing because I got, when I went to New York, we went to the Dakota building and there's always, it's such a weird place because it's an actual place people live. And so you can stand basically where he got shot. And you take selfies there, smiling and stuff. It's a weird, like, I don't know. It was odd. I was like, should we take a picture? This seems weird. But across the street in Central Park is that Imagine. I'm sure you've seen the tile. Yep. Yeah. And there's uh, there's there's a few people, different people playing guitar, Beatles songs there. It was really beautiful. And it wasn't even an, uh, a hol- uh, like one of their birthdays or anything. And there's candles it's all over. Day. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty cool. So did you take the selfie, though? I did, but I didn't smile. So uh, that was good, my good that was my statement. Seemed weird to yeah, smile. It's yeah, it's hard to know what to do because I mean maybe you want to take a picture of the spot, but then people would be like, "What's this?" It's yeah, a of a corner of a building. Yeah, yeah. Is the assassin it, still alive, Mark yep. uh, David Chapman? Is he? Yeah, he's still around. He's up for parole every once in a while, but he'll probably never get it. You know, they said you know in his parole hearings they. The last one, they said, you know, due to we understand that like you're repentant and you acknowledge it, but you did something that affected the lives of millions of people, intentionally killing a world famous and beloved person. It almost like it's a little different than just basic murder. You know, it was uh, it was an intentionally destructive thing in society. So, so, so if you killed Carrot Top, would you have the same sort of <laughs> yeah, three years dismissed for time served? <laughs> I didn't know the guy was still alive. I figured he'd passed away. Yeah, that's a weird story. There's some couple good movies. Jared Leto did a movie on him where Fat Jared Leto. Uh, that's right. Played yeah. Yep. yeah. That's a, it's actually, you know, it kind of ties one of my theories that I've developed um, <laughs> that <clears throat> over time is that uh, it's, a, it's a, a theory about irony and that like the three most famous people of the 20th century all died because of isolation. And when you think about John Lennon, died because of uh, Mark David Chapman was so isolated that he was so desperate to be linked to someone big, to be important. His whole story is about isolation. And the other two would be uh, Elvis Presley. He died because he was essentially surrounded by this group of guys and everyone that would give him whatever he wanted. And he was ultimately isolated in that because no one was there to actually care about him. So they gave him whatever drugs, all the doctors gave him whatever he wanted prescription pills and he ultimately died because of it and the same thing with michael jackson um there's no one there to tell him tell those guys no the doctor just did whatever he wanted 
Yeah. So, so you talk it's, about it's sort of it's sort of like I I mentioned in one of the episodes. They say that you need at least three people in your life to tell you no at any time. Right. And I don't think any of those people probably had that. Yeah. Yeah. I never heard no. I don't really mind Yoko. I don't know what your guys' feeling is about Yoko. I think it was a natural transition. I, I think the Beatles would have broken up anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, she's blamed for it, but I don't think that's really fair. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of see that, you know, after they uh, visited the yogi, you know, they kind of left at different times and they were kind of at different stages in their life. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, she got, she kind of gets uh, some sympathy for me. Did they steal any picnic baskets when they visited Yoko? <laughs> I remember, Nate, you always used to say, Yoko, oh, no. Yes. <laughs> I, I agree with Matt that I feel like the Beatles had run its course regardless of whether there was a Yoko Ono. Yeah. But I freaking hate Yoko Ono. <laughs> she's the most talentless piece of oh. crap. Oh, God, she's awful. Oh, man. If you want to laugh... Uh, Google a song. She performed a song on Jimmy Fallon one time called The D Train. It is the worst thing that you will ever hear in your life. And it is it is so unbelievably bad that it's it's worth a watch. I do do you guys ever do impersonations of the Beatles? Yeah, go like ahead. if we're working in the yard and I get blisters on my hands, I always go, <laughs> I got blisters on me fingers. And and the kids just look at me like I'm nuts. So. <laughs> the closest the Beatles ever got to coming back together was at Eric Clapton's 1979 wedding, where all the Beatles except John played together. And then there's that famous they, uh, Saturday Night Live story. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. They were hanging out together, uh, John and okay. Paul, that night, watching Saturday Night Live. And uh, Lauren Michaels came on as a joke and said, I will pay you $3,000, the Beatles, to come down and play tonight. And they were going to. They talked about walking down there, going down there. And the only reason why they didn't, they just kind of said, oh, we just got late. We got tired. Yeah. I just, they will always hold a real special play just because that's what bridged me from you know, Vanilla Ice and NWA and De- and Mike Debbie Gibson tapes. Yeah, yeah. In into rock and roll music, and I'll always be grateful for that. So yeah, they're thoughtful. It's 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 interesting listening most of the time. Um, even throwaway songs like I was just thinking, "Flying" off of uh, yeah. Magical Mystery. That's a great, just a great tune. The whole aura around them is interesting. You know. Earlier, I guess, when I said, like, that, you know, if you just took the Beatles songs without knowing anything about them, that they were famous, would you like them? And I think you probably would, but I think the whole story around them adds to the experience of listening to them. Yeah. Um, and that's okay, too, I think, because music is an emotional experience, and that's part of the experiences. You know, you, you put them in, and you hear an album, and it does take you back to a place when you were first listened to that album. All right. Well, uh, good talking to you guys, and we will talk to you next week. And thanks for everyone for listening and supporting. And if you want to uh, send an email to plbfile at gmail.com and let us know if you'd like to talk about anything. So thanks, guys.